Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Dengue has been uh, an incredible pain in everyone's side here in Singapore in recent months. We've had the highest number of weekly dengue cases um, ever reported in July. Uh, lots to discuss on this topic. Joining us now, Dr. Grace Yap, the vector-borne disease scientist, the deputy director of environmental public health operations at the National Environment Agency. Grace, uh, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Glenn. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's so great to have you with us. And, and of course, with COVID-19 around, uh, dengue has, has really kind of taken a back seat in many ways, at least in terms of the public conversation. Of course, it's been reported on. The NEA has been talking about it and other departments. But give us the current situation, the number of cases, and just how serious dengue is across Singapore right now. Yeah, we have close to 20,000 reported dengue cases this year. And this is very close to our last largest dengue outbreak in 2013, which is 22,170 cases. You know, we have had 19 deaths this year. And last week, uh, we saw over 1,700 cases. Uh, that that was the, the figure last week. And that's the sixth consecutive week where the number of cases were above the 1,000 mark. So I took a look at the daily figures uh, for this week. The week hasn't ended for us. And I can confirm that this week will register close to 1,007 or, or not more. Wow. And that will be the seventh consecutive week that we see over 1,000 cases. Wow. And, and can I just jump in there? I mean, yep. why do you think that is? I mean, I can't help feeling that maybe... Unfortunately, COVID may be a knock-on effect because we were home more, we were isolating more, therefore we were around our plants, any stagnant water that happened to be in on balconies or in landed property gardens and so on. I mean, have, have you got any theories or data to show why these these spikes are so high? One of our hypotheses is also related to COVID. I think it's, it's unfortunate that the increase in the number of cases that we are seeing in the past few months potentially amplified by measures that we are putting in place for COVID, which are necessary measures. I think you are right to point out, you know, the main vector for dengue, the Aedes aegypti mosquito. She likes to dwell indoors with us. And um, she has a couple of characteristics. Uh, she likes to bite during the day. And uh, she's an intermittent biter, which means that she can take a few blood meals um, in one feeding session. So when a lot of us are stay at home, uh, all working from home, what this means is we then have a situation where a lot of people are at home in the daytime, where the Aedes aegypti mosquito, well, is, is most active. And alongside with having more, more blood meals for the female mosquitoes, she will come and bite us, right, because there's more of us now. You can think about how if there's an infected mosquito around, and it's a mosquito that has dengue virus in her already. She then has the opportunity to bite more people now than she ordinarily would have in a situation where we are not we're not staying at home. So intuitively, this can increase the disease transmission. I think particularly also in areas where mosquito population is high. It is uh, devastating. I mean, you look at these numbers: twenty twenty thousand cases, nineteen deaths. I mean, it is it's a it's a it's a horrible situation. I personally, I have known uh, several people, fam different families, who their entire families have been have 
caught dengue in recent months. Uh, so it is something that's definitely happening. And of course, over the years living here, we've had the NEA agents, you know, come and knock on our door and want to come in and inspect the plants on the balcony and then that sort of thing. Mm. And there's always been very good detection and, and a, a very strong effort by the NEA to take care of that. And I understand that you are just about to start a two-week intensive island wind exercise uh, to try to stem the tide of, of the dengue cases. Tell us about what that so-called vector control operation uh, is going to look like. This is part of a coordinated work that we are doing with the various stakeholders. And town councils are a very important stakeholders for us because they manage the common living spaces for a large proportion of, of residents in Singapore. So we are working the town councils to step out not just inspections in the town council managed areas, but also to do vector control operations in all the common areas, particularly to look into the drains, uh, make sure that they are well and maintained. And the other very important point is that the uh, common areas to be litter free. I think this two-week intensive effort uh, at vector control, our main objective with town council is to help try to break the disease transmission or at least try to flatten the curve such that we are not seeing this continuously increase in number of cases uh, as what we have been seeing. I think we are also urging not just the town councils to work with NEA and the other plea that we have is also for the residents to work closely with their town councils as well as with NEA. With town councils, it's really, I think, to make sure that the corridors that they have, where, where they potentially have plants or they may have left personal items just to keep keep these areas tidy and make sure there's no stagnant water. And and also, I think this part about the litter, that's also something that I would like to emphasize a little bit because uh, that the litter that we have in town council, or, or, well, the litter that we have in any parts of the environment, they, they could potentially be mosquito-breeding habitats as well. So so really, um, to... to yeah, just basically not, not litter, not leave our uh, items behind. We're yep. talking with uh, Dr Grace Yap, the Deputy Director of the Environmental Public Health Operations at the National Environment Agency. You've mentioned there several times uh, what the town councils can do, the littering aspect, and also the fact that we have this very bloodthirsty mosquito biting more people who are working from home. But what I'm interested to note is that there were, from January to June this year, the NEA detected a 50% increase in that particular kind of mosquito in town council-managed areas. So obviously I understand that there are more people at home, but there are also 50% more mosquitoes. Why did that come about? Uh, yeah, Neil, you're right to point out this 50% increase that we have detected during the circuit breaker as compared to uh, before the circuit breaker period. So this could potentially be another of the unfortunate outcome of the COVID measures that, that has been put in place to keep us all safe. You know, during this, this period, there, there was a reduction in, in various sort of uh, manpower, particularly mm. in landscaping work, uh, as well as cessation of uh, quite a lot of the construction activities. We think that this could potentially have hampered the originally good housekeeping uh, that was happening in town councils and or in construction sites, for example. But, you know, we, we didn't just detect mosquito breeding in town councils or, or other common areas uh, like construction sites. We, we have also detected and destroyed quite, quite a lot of mosquito breeding in homes. And I think this is something that I do hope that we can emphasize a little bit here. Home breeding does contribute to a large 
proportion of the mosquito breedings that we do detect uh, over the course of time. And even during the circuit breaker period, we have detected about five times more home breedings than we would have detected in, in the previous months. And this is something that is definitely very worrisome for us because as a lot of us are work, while working from home during the circuit breaker period, the hope is that we can take care, uh, take better care mm-hmm. of our own personal spaces as well as the, you know, the the immediate areas uh, outside of our homes, either the corridors or the gardens that we have. So we were very concerned when we saw this sort of data about how the we, we detect the increase in, in breedings uh, in the residential areas. Yeah, can I jump in there, Grace? I'm, I'm mm. concerned about the fact you said up to five times increase in residential areas. I mean, that's let's be very frank, uh, Doctor. That's on us, isn't it? We can't blame COVID for that. Is Are we slipping in our home safety measures? Are we not clearing our stagnant water? How did that figure rise so rapidly and what should we do about it? I think there's a lot of explanations as to why this figure can rise. But really, I think when we do have uh, stagnant waters at home, and if we don't get rid of them on a regular basis, that's when we increase the chances of mosquitoes coming by to lay eggs. And it's, you know, that there's so many areas within our homes that we don't consciously uh, have stagnant water. So some of these areas will be like pails, you know, this are, we, we use them to mop the floor and such. But we turn our pails over, that, that's what we always uh, recommend residents to do. But then the rims around the pails, you know, after it's turned over, these rims can actually mm. hold water. And we, we know for a fact that uh, water just the size of a 20 cent coin can allow for mosquito to breathe in. Wow. So it's actually that sort of, that, that's, what we are, that's what we are facing, you know, the, the small amount of stagnant water when not cleared really does increase the risk of uh, mosquito breeding. Now, talking with Dr. Grace Yap of the National Environment Agency. And Grace, uh, let's just uh, close off the conversation. We all know that we shouldn't leave stagnant water around. I mean, there you're just mentioning the... the the mop buckets, which I hadn't even thought of. That's Same. a that's a great tip. Is there one or two other tips that people can you know can can have in this in this time period? And if they happen to see an area that is uh, that they suspect might be a, a possible breeding zone, you know, how do they get in touch with the NEA about this specifically? And so, give us maybe a couple of those little tips uh, before we close out. So we do have uh, an app. It's known as my EMV app. And I hope that the both of you, Neil and Glenn, <laughs> you do have this app. This app, what it does is uh, when we sign on and we put in our geolocation, it's able to allow, it's, it will alert us on whether or not we are living in a dengue cluster mm. uh, and or whether we are living in an area where there's high mosquito population. What's the, so name, of, what's the name of the app again? It's My ENV, M-Y-E-N-V. Oh, My ENV, like My Environment. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, so it's a very uh, useful tool to help to help us find out whether or not what what is the risk of, of where we are staying, mm-hmm. and and with that information, we hope that it helps to empower our residents to put in place the preemptive measures that are, that, that can help reduce the risk of us acquiring dengue. Some of the other things, I think, it really is just about being very vigilant uh, and and making sure that we don't have. Um, any, any potential mosquito breeding habitats at home. I brought up pale earlier on, but something else uh, that we do find uh, it, that 
that we do find is quite a common mosquito breeding habitat is actually plants. Mm. So it's not the plants itself, but uh, really the the plant, the flower pot plates, the flower pot, and some of the peripherals that come with it. Sometimes when we have it in our corridors, we have some of the empty pots. Uh, just for in case. And then this, this pot can potentially breed mosquitoes sure. uh, as well. And and I think more fundamentally, uh, because we are we are really uh, in a very worrisome state uh, for dengue at the moment, uh, one of the very, very useful ways that we can prevent um, ourselves from being bitten by mosquito is really the use of mosquito repellents. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. that makes and sense. Definitely yes, and and the way the way to use mosquito repellent is is very similar to a sunblock, so you need to apply it very frequently so that uh, you 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 know you you are getting the protection that you want, and and if you do have adult mosquitoes flying around in your home, you can you can use uh, insecticides uh, to spray at, at at the dark corners where the mosquitoes will land, or you can use your two hands and clap it and and try to yeah carry off any of the flying mosquitoes around. Got it. Yeah. Well, Dr. Grace, yeah, thank you so much uh, for being with us today. I have downloaded the My ENV app. Same. Uh, I've just done it. And I'm Neil looking is, at it now. We, we've just done it as well. So we hope everybody will do it out there and and stay safe from digging. And we hope to uh, have you back on the show again in in coming months uh, as we uh, further update on this. Uh, thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.